Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Arrgh, grog. Hey everyone, it's uh, Peter Fickling again and the Sidership Podcast. I'm here with um, Kerry and Matthew. And um, yeah, it's uh, very exciting to be back. Uh, week two, episode two. Uh, so Kerry, how have you been? I've been great, thank you. Yeah, it was an interesting week for me. Uh, I went to a pub on Monday, which was Did the you? first time I've done that. One pub? It was one pub, yes. Um, slightly tangentially, I saw you tweet about your beauty regime. You said that you get up... <laughs> You then just um, have a normal day and then you go to bed again. Um, so did your beauty regime stay intact all week? Uh, it was actually I get up, try not to die and then go to bed. But can you say faithfully that you achieved your beauty regime every day this week? Well, yeah, I'm not dead, am I? So I think I have. But you got up and went to bed every day this week. Ah, no. Yes, I see what you're driving at, Peter. Silly me. I didn't go to bed that night. No, I had an all nighter on the pub. I don't know about you, Matthew, but I am in complete awe of Kerry's energy levels. I, don't, I just do not have that in me. I was stunned. I, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do that now. I bet you would. Do you think? Yeah. You, your, your tweet, by the way, it reminded me of um, one of my f- favourite quotes from the old actor A.E. Matthews. Mm. I passed on and they asked him what his daily routine was. And this is when he was getting on a bit. And he said, I get up in the morning. I read the obituaries, and if I'm not in them, I go to work. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I knew. Well, you see, I knew I had. To, I'd booked Tuesday off because I was well prepared, so I knew I could just go for it. Yeah, and 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 you have been all. You know, for anyone who might be um, wondering or worrying, Kerry is. You know, we saw pictures. It was all very responsible. Lots of lots of social distancing, mm. except from. The um, pints of Czech lager. Yeah, yeah. It was it was very Brilliant. exciting to sort of be sitting at a pub table with a pint. I am very jealous. It scratched an itch and I won't be doing an all-nighter for another good few months. <laughs> Actually, that's a point. How long is it since the one before? Oh, my previous all-nighter. A long time ago. Can't, okay. can't remember. Yeah, it's not a regular occurrence. Once every pandemic. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Kerry, you had um, you had a big week. Matthew and I had um, slightly quieter ones, but there was there. You know, we I think we were all buoyed up by some of the good news that poured in through the interwebs. It's just been really fantastic, honestly. And thank you to everybody for taking the time to actually write those tweets. Um, I'm I'm sort of I'm the one who sort of looks after Twitter the most, I think. Um, mm. And then we've also had emails and facebook messages as well so yeah thanks to everyone who has done that yeah i was um when the pod went out on sunday and then the tweets started coming in i was really touched by it actually all the nice things that people were saying um obviously a lot of them were um less familiar with me than they were with you two so there were a couple of people that also kind of recognized or welcomed me into the fold that meant a lot as well but Mm. you know they all they all meant a lot and yeah, I went out for a little stroll around Porto on Sunday afternoon. It was um, it was the uh, the most love I felt on a Sunday since Glastonbury '93, I think. 
I thought we'd do okay, but I'm really surprised at the numbers of people who've actually uh, downloaded and listened to the first episode as well as the comments that have come through. Um, less pleasant surprises were, um, well, I thought it was a blowjob, but um, I've been told by um, Kerry and Matthew it wasn't. But I was convinced that um, Alice had um, tried to do uh, Harrison that very particular favour, but apparently it was a kiss. I was really surprised by that, actually, by her doing that. I was not expecting it at all. No, and it had already been a painful episode in, in and you know, in good and bad ways. Yeah, she she was brilliantly acted, I thought Alice was. Such a good drunk. Yeah, she she came across really well, didn't she, as a mm. drunk, I thought. I think it's it's moving into new realms each time though, isn't it? Like this is a whole new turn for turn up for the books, isn't it? She's she's now digressed twice and has tried to snog a policeman. Yeah, that's probably that's a caution at least, isn't it? <laughs> I, I got slightly lost in whether she was fabricating a bit of the story about Chris having stormed out and gone to his mum's. Was that all dramatic? Because we didn't hear or see um, hear that, did we? We don't see anything on the archers. I think she sort of said it by omission or by hinting it. I don't think she explicitly stated that he'd stormed out. Well, Harrison kind of put two and two together because she said he's gone and he's gone to his mother's mm. and I bet she couldn't wait you know, and all, all we'd all, all we'd heard just before was the, the baby handover between Alice and Susan. Sorry, everything sounds like a euphemism for oral sex now. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> the baby. I handover. Yeah, I don't know. That's <laughs> a new one. Sorry, I'm a horrible, child, horribly childish human being. No, Alice, I don't want a baby handover. You have to... <laughs> that's deeply inappropriate. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry yeah so she she said she they he, was she that was alan or harrison that voice by the way oh it, it does does both yeah. at points to, today when i was listening to that i did think is this harrison or is it alan i li- literally was doing that i've had harrison alan confusion before mm. until i couldn't figure out how on earth harrison was going to bless the baby <laughs> we were saying about um about potentially, so Harrison's been led to believe that um, uh, Alice has been walked out on by Chris. She's distraught. Yeah, I think I think that she's just gone off, got drunk, pulled up in the car, and Chris is probably at home or at his parents and completely oblivious to it. It was awful. It was it was so. I, I mean, I'm I'm fairly hardened to the Archers by now. I think we all are to different degrees, mm. but. That really hit me. I sort of um, um, Charlotte and Charlotte and the little one came into the room as soon as it finished, and I was just sort of sitting there looking a bit stunned. And it sort of feels, it almost feels a bit embarrassing to be that kind of emotional because mm. of uh, you know the arches. No, I had that when um, when Jim broke down. That oh was, yeah, I was I was in the there's twice this year I've been in the kitchen at the final episode, and it was Jim breaking down, and when old man Grundy went oh. um, right. Just kind of that moment where you have to just take a step. Yeah, you know? the gym, the gym bit definitely was very powerful. Yeah, yeah. there was some, there was some kind of um, catharsis and redemption mm. when he came back at um, Philip. Yeah, that really because he never got to face down his abuser. Yes, but he did manage to kind of channel that and mm. give Philip his cards. You know. Yeah, and I think maybe that's because I love Jim so much, so it was even more poignant. We had that depth of emotion twice in one episode today, didn't we? Because we had, obviously, the moment with Alice and Harrison, which was awful. And then, obviously, Tony and Lee discussing <laughs> high-tech trains, which really hit me 
hit me in the heart. I was, it was quite moving to hear two men so close. Yeah, I liked his. Uh, he got really into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, didn't he? When he said to, he said to Helen, "Did you know the Hulk started out grey, a bit like me?" <laughs> <laughs> it was very moving to hear two very, very dull men bonding. That bit where they did the pile on, where they were winding up Helen, where they're like, "Yeah, we could get a train set, and then you could come over and watch Guardians in the Galaxy." That actually gave me more tension than the Alice scene, because I thought she was going to like whip out a machete and start cutting them or something. Which she's got previous. Because I felt like she was kind of saying, no, stop, stop. Mm. And they kept winding and pushing. I was like, no, this isn't going to go yeah, well. Yeah, that was bad, wasn't it? And they sort of going, ho, 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 really laughing as if that's a hilarious, farcical thing that actually could happen. It's already happening. That's the that's mm. the truth. They're threatening something. You know, they're they're threatening what they're already doing. Mm. They're already as bad as this kind of fictitious, <laughs> um, uh, hilarious jape. I do you know what I bl- I blanked all of that. I didn't I didn't even pick up on any of it because I think I'd sort of gone into a little sort of hidey hole in my soul just to sort of get mm. away from it. I was I was listening, but I was also just just desperately screaming, no, no, no. This you know, and then this he- is awful. Helen sounding like a little child going oh you said you were going to watch me blow out my candles yeah rather than hang out watching dad paint his frisians or paint paint his anguses whichever one it was i did i did um sort of slightly very slightly warm to lee when he made the point i know i know and it's there's a lot of he's he's you know he's massively in debt he's bernie madoff in debt let's put it that way (laughs) so he's got no very little chance of getting into credit but he um when he said that oh you know collecting trains is a bit like my tragic hobby of collecting little figurines i did sort of uh i did sort of sort of think oh well that shows a kind of warmth and a kind of an ability to at least at least create a sort of useful comparison during a conversation it's the yeah. first time he sounded like a human in a conversation is gets it's what gets what he, he linked it back to his his absent father mm. yeah but did, i was really disappointed because i thought um, Tony was just going to turn around and say, "Well, that's why I collect trains. I hate my mother." But then <laughs> he just he just linked it back to John, which was a real tug. I think it was a real kind of a clunky tug at the heartstrings. Yeah, it's awful when they do that, isn't it? Because you you know you're supposed to then go, "Oh God, I shouldn't have been annoyed at that bit." They're trying to guilt trip me. It doesn't work though, ever. I did I did get quite cross when they try to um, sort of. Um, uh, what's it called? Weaponize Lee's job at the NHS as an attempt to frame him as a good person. Mm. And no, 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 no one has died in the Archers. Don't use the the, the good, the fine work of the real people in the real world working for the NHS as a way of humanizing and giving Lee kind of credit. Yeah. He has done nothing. I don't have to be. I don't have to be reasonable in my dislike of characters in the Archers. I don't think. Yeah, and even if Lee did single-handedly save somebody that we really like in the village i'd still find him incredibly dull and irritating my lovely lovely friend andy he (laughs) we used to have an appalling nickname for him that his um wife made us give up when they got married and he he more than any person i've ever met does good work so he used to go around the world and basically there would be rumors of some atrocity in another part of the world and he would go to that place and he would document and count and sort of uh, uh, um sort of create evidence of the misery to bring it home so that governments could act on it and kind of like you know start to sort of fight some of these evils in the world and yet in our our flat of three people he was bullied mercilessly 
because you know in 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 the tedium of our sort of domestic life it doesn't matter what you do out there in the world does it it's mm. the sort of the cliche it's the doctor who gets ignored um, by his children no matter what he says mm. yeah i'm glad you said that peter so it is possible to still dislike somebody oh well you didn't dislike your mate but you can still as as human beings it's possible to be it's possible to be petty enough to um to overlook lee's goodness and still dislike him mm. i guess and it to be natural. I guess what it's what I'm saying is it doesn't make us it doesn't make us weird to dislike mm. him as much as we do. And and all of that was was that some sort of leading us to a point where there's blissful uh, familial bonding. Well, last week I went on a, a long and tedious um, rant about um, uh, Jim and about how he had gone from being a one-dimensional character to a fully rounded one. And I think we're on that journey now with Lee. Mm. Um, he's, you know, he's no longer just Mr. Muscles and, um, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, um, Mr. Wen's meal for 50 or whatever it was. He gets bigger every week, doesn't he, Matthew? <laughs> um, uh, he's, now, he's now got to be turned into a fully fleshed out, um, you know, three-dimensional character, which, I mean, I like the fact that the scriptwriters have set themselves that challenge. That's a big old lift. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to... I'm going to fully buy into that, but you know, I'm sure we'll have fun picking it apart and destroying it. <laughs> yes, we will. Um, I can't imagine him and Helen ever speaking in any kind of different way that isn't annoying. What was that euphemism for a blowjob earlier on? A baby handover. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine <laughs> Helen and Lee ever participating in a baby handover. Oh, no. Yeah. It- He's got no genitals, has he? Well, in my mind, I did tw- a tweet about, I- I'm convinced he's like Action Man in the trouser department. I think I find him so bland, I can't give him any sort of sexual um, attractiveness in-, in my own mind. I think they both, they narrate sex, don't you? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, what an awful thought. Um, and I think it would be, you know, lights off, socks on, um, all the all the bad cliches. I think they put a special um, towel down so it doesn't spoil the bed and things like that. Well, uh, well, I didn't think I could be more depressed about today's episode of The Archers, <laughs> but somehow the three of us have managed it. Let's cheer ourselves up, shall we? Let's, um, let's clear our minds a bit. Jazzer and Tracy? Yes, let's go to a stately home, shall we? Let's go together to a stately home that's practically shut. Yeah, I thought that was quite romantic, him taking Tracy up Truman's Hall. (laughs) Sorry, this is where I am now. Everything sounds like a filthy euphemism. Sorry. Peter. Truman's Truman's Hall is a Tudor house dating back to 1640. We don't like to talk about women's age. Um, but anyway, I, like, yeah. I like the way she asked, is this the kind of place you used to bring Jake? I know. Uh, yeah. What? Can you imagine? <laughs> you know, what, what, is, what is that? Oh, it's a 1640 Tudor house. Oh, my old dad would call that bricks. <laughs> I thought that was quite sweet, though. Yeah. Sort of, um, they're obviously trying to flesh out the relationship, and it showed that you know um, a softer side to Tracy, that she does have that kind of um, natural sort of slight sort of paranoia or or also sensitivity you know about how how they've got together i mean obviously she's she's on shaky ground all the people who jumped onto tracy's side i was thinking she'd only just um finished with roman when she started knocking boots with um i've got to stop saying that phrase so mm-hmm. when she started when she got together with um jazza so they both they both you know been bed hopping a bit haven't they I, I, have, I have to confess i'd never heard the phrase knocking boots until you used it last week and i saw at least one person on Twitter saying it was new to them as well. Mm, yeah, you've just made it up, Peter. I'd never heard of it. Uh, no, no, no. I, th- I think I think it might be from living in America. 
Was this the first time? Was this the first time we realised that um, Jim's Riley has plastic on the seats? Yeah, because Tracy yeah. laughed at the plastic covers, thinking that he'd put them on there because um, Jazza and Tracy were going to use the car, and, and um, Jazza said, "Oh, it's nothing personal. He he just likes to protect the seats or something." He'd, he'd made he'd made Jazza kind of wash it about twenty times. <laughs> I saw Ruby Wax went to go and back and stay with her parents once, and her parents were all plasticed up in the house. Mm. Everything, everything was covered. I mean, I think that for us, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to claim poverty, but I don't think I can't. I don't think we ever had sofas or such when I was a kid that would have warranted plastic. But uh, you know, that's a whole different thing. Are you going to edit in some violin music over that part? <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I, I'm, I am absolutely not. I mean, you can listen to my accent, Matthew. For God's sake. I mean, no, I'm not. I'm not claiming. Yeah, but you can cultivate the accent. You were perhaps sitting on sort of old lemonade boxes or something. You had no furniture. I did, what? So I'm. What, am I now? Am I? No, I'm, I'm happy to play the role. But am I now a kind of Ari Vist who sort of actually sort of was dragged up rather than grew up? Yeah. And I've reinvented myself as this kind of um, fop. Uh, fop. Yeah. You took the word out of <laughs> my mouth. Yeah. Is, is that who I am? Because I'm happy to be yeah, that person. That's, that's who that's, you that's, are. That comes very naturally. Okay. Well, all right. Fair enough. Um, but All right. it is a bit weird, though, isn't it? To, I, I get it a bit more about the Riley because it's an ancient vehicle and you're taking pride of it. But to actually buy a sofa and chairs that are something you will use a lot in your living room and that's their purpose and you've bought... It's, it's why the idea would you have you're saving plastic it. on there? Yeah, you're saving it for what? Is there going to be one day a year where you whip the plastic off yeah. and then immediately afterwards the plastic goes back on? Having uh, While we're having this conversation, I've just realised that my um, computer table in the spare room mm. um, from Ikea still has the plastic on and I've had it about a year, so maybe I'm just as bad. You are, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> one one thing I noticed about Tracy, one another reason to love her, mm. she's got a normal ringtone on her phone. Yes, um, when I say normal, I mean one that sounds like a phone and not some cracked up bloody squirrel dancing on a xylophone like the rest of them. Kerry, was that a, was that a sly dig at the jingle I made <laughs> um, there about the crapped out xylophone? That, that was uh, that I had to go all the way down to number 40, borrow Sean's xylophone, come home, play that. And then at your request, put some echo on it, Matthew. I'll have you know, that was a half an hour of my life. <laughs> Apologies, it was not a dig at that. It was a dig at Alice and Helen's and several others. Yeah, their message tones and their ringtones are absolute. They're things that they they sound like um, when Wiley Coyote is trying to break into a run. Someone's got a clown car sound as their ringtone, haven't they? As oh, well really? on the arches. It's it just makes me think of the circus. Can't remember who that is. It might be Eddie. I can't remember. Someone daft. You you do, Kerry. You you do have. Uh, it seems that Matthew does as well. Have an extraordinary eye for this detail. I mean, I when listening to you guys talk about the arches, I do feel that I do feel like I'm getting kind of like you know almost homeopathic levels of <laughs> absorption, and you guys are you know have a rich sort of meteor broth. Mm. Yeah, well, aren't you, you lucky to have a... us, Peter? <laughs> no, no, I, I do agree. I do agree. But if we're going to discuss homeopathy, let's focus on Kate. Completely losing it this oh, week. Oh dear, oh dear. She went very strange, didn't she? Uh, it's a return to form. Yeah. She was vile, obviously, to both Jennifer and to Fallon. Off the chart, really, in terms of what was actually going on. 
there was one point where her and Jennifer were like ripping into Fallon. It was like they cut away and cut back. And then I was like, oh shit, Fallon's still in the room. Yeah. <laughs> what was that dig that Fallon got in? Uh, it was when Jenny said, she, of Kate, when they were working in the cafe, she said like, she's got no idea the things that she says, what effect they have on people. And Fallon was like, oh, that's a common that's a common flaw. Ooh. Yeah, that was it. Fallon was brilliant, I think, in the whole thing. I loved it when she yeah. went, right, you two, decide between yourselves, email me the answers, I'm off. She does do, actually, sorry, I, I, um, I shouldn't hate doing this. It should be a nice thing to do. Kerry, she, she is a bit like you in that. She's quite sort of, she's a sort of likeable and soft character, but there is a kind of, you do get a sense of a do not cross line with Fallon. Mm. Mm, yeah, she, she, like I thought when she went back and, you know, all kind of reported speech telling um, Harrison what had happened, you know, they, whether it's his influence as well, but they managed to keep it light. It wasn't, it wasn't like she went back to Harrison. It was like, you won't believe what they did. Mm. They were just kind of laughing it off. So patience of a saint, really. Mm. Yeah. And, and to be fair, you do get an impression, you do get the impression that um, Fallon and Jennifer are going to strike up a little bit of a friendship because at the end, Fallon did, after having her nose put out of a joint, she did then sort of, really she was obviously in quite profoundly respectful mm-hmm. of um jennifer's efforts you know up to, there was she was being a little bit sarky and then at the end she was like wow this is incredible so having been a bit sort of uh, mm-hmm. um put out you could see that actually she realized that jennifer did know what she was talking about she wanted her to pay special attention to her cupcake um <laughs> mixture mixing routine didn't she I lo- yeah. jennifer's so brilliant isn't she so so brilliant her voice is incredible. Uh, what was it she said something about? Um, you stand stand to one side or watch me do it so that I can sh- so that I can show you my special technique. It's like it's cupcakes, Jennifer. Yes, yes. <laughs> stick it. I don't know anyone that doesn't make cupcakes that doesn't just stick it all in a bloody mixer and press buzz um, for both parts of it. I just thought it was, uh, yeah. I thought the whole menu was completely over the top. Yeah. I would um, bury that, an ice axe in some, on the back of someone's head and then Photoshop them out all the pictures. If they, if they talk to me like that, I don't know if I'll be able to control myself. <laughs> yeah. It would be. Shall I take bar. over? No. Um, what, what was the, what were we least excited about on this, uh, loyalty themed buffet? <laughs> Do you know what would they stuff the artichokes with, by the way? Does anyone uh, know? I was, I was. I'm glad you didn't put my name at the end of the sentence. I was like, I hope they don't ask me that. Ah. Um, well, it's, she said prosciutto stuffed artichokes, but weren't the? I, I presume the prosciutto was wrapped. And then there was yeah. quiche that had asparagus and watercress. Was it watercress and goat cheese okay. to fit with the idea of spring yeah. and new life? Well, the problem there, as Kate says, Alice, Alice loathes quiche. Which was Which a complete then, load of bullshit. Yeah, I mean, there were there were some of these lines. I thought this week some of the lines from the script they wouldn't have been they wouldn't have been out of place in Gladiator or Star Wars. <laughs> there was just this moment when, I mean, obviously she doesn't know all the problems Alice is having, right? But you know, she's a new mother, etc. And she calls her out of the blue and pretty much says, you know. You, I know you, you, you don't like quiche, do you? Yeah. <laughs> and Alice was just like, um, it's okay. And then there was just this huge silence and um, mm. Kate just went, what? Yeah. <laughs> it really hung in the air. And then uh, she ended it with, I'll always be your sister. Yeah. <laughs> and then hung up. Yes. 
You might pretend you don't need any help, but I'm yeah. always going to be your sister. It was strange, was it? And they've been whispering poison in your ears or something yeah. like that. With with little Martha crying in the background and still she went on. <laughs> and this is all about, I mean, what was it she said? I, you know, you're taking sides, you know, is it going to, are you taking, blame it on me side, moving the, the yurt side, I don't know, quiche side. She may have said <laughs> quiche side. Hopefully she didn't say cheese side. <laughs> um, yeah, she really had a persecution complex this week. Was that all godparent related or not? It, it, it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense does it that was, that's the whole I mean maybe that's the point if that was the point it was done very well because it's it's crazy to get that obsessed about I mean let's start with the big ticket item being a godparent or not being a godparent mm-hmm. I mean you might think that would have been nice but that should be as far as your thought process can go like 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 all of these things you don't have a right to be a best man you don't have a right to be a godparent you don't have a right to be a boyfriend or girlfriend and then to then to suddenly express that through the you know the vehicle of quiche. Yeah, to use the to use quiche as your the vehicle for your anger, and then if you then go, if you then take the quiche and you then sort of like the anger about the quiche and you go one step down the line, you know, poor Alice has now got to sort of like explain to Chris that you know she was driven to drink and trying to cop off with his best friend because mm. her sister had had a go at her a go at her about quiche. I mean, it's all yeah. when you put it like that, Peter, it sounds utterly ridiculous. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but but that's but that's. The only possibility is that um, they have suddenly realised that they've made Kat, Kate sound way too sympathetic and too reasonable over the last the last year and a half, and they've had to do a massive corrective, and they've only had one episode to do it because they did almost that. I think it's flipping it the other way, which is they had to make Kate go horrible now because she's going to need to feel very very guilty very soon when Alice's situation is revealed. But then, but what they have a tearful reconciliation where Kate says, sort of like, I, I knew you never liked quiche, but I just had to, I just could, you know, I mean, how's it going to work? Uh, anyway, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, this is where we end up. This is part of the problem. We, we, this is, this, this is holding a mirror up to us. We are three grown people in three different towns slash cities who are getting together on a Thursday evening to talk seriously about quiche <laughs> and the role that quiche plays in a family in a fictional village. It's mental. Yeah, that means we're very, very flawed individuals. <laughs> do we get to, do we get to sneer at Tony and <clears throat> Lee talking about trains and superheroes? That's the question. Yes, we do. Okay. Well, well, it depends. I mean, what's where does Quiche figure in the broader Archer cinematic universe? Anyway, who had um, who had uh, Jenny missing her big kitchen in Home Farm in the sweepstake this week? Yeah, that was a, a dangerous moment, wasn't it? When Fallon mentioned that, I thought. Well, she'd already. Yeah, I mean, she'd already mentioned it about twenty times, hadn't she? Yeah. Did you hit? I, I can't. Sorry, I can't remember who it was. It was someone on Twitter this evening mentioned the fact that there was a rumor that there was a that the, there was the, the, they had the whole plot ready to go for the Gill family mm. in Jenny's big kitchen, and I want to say it was a Bangladeshi or Indian family who were going to move in. No, this is that was all just whether they were Bangladeshi or Punjabi or whatever was speculative Twitter stuff. Oh, so that was that was built on that was just shite. Well, Basically. yeah, we that's what we were trying to guess because of Gill and how it was spelt. And people were saying, well, there is a spelling that is, I don't know, G-H-I-L-L or something, that, oh, which means but, it could be 
I was they're an Asian family and stuff. It still could be true. I don't know. That's what we would say. You were referring to the fact that maybe they put them on hold because of the the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry if I wasn't clear. Yeah, um, that would that that was what I I, I got the seeding because I, I had to catch up. I didn't know any of this. I I just thought that they for whatever reason had had the house and you know you know had the house occupied but unmentioned the the occupants were unmentioned for all this time and i didn't realize that perhaps that was one of the plots that had to to bite the dust but um but jenny's big kitchen of it's obviously you know it's obviously coming back as you were saying matthew yeah i mean it was she she mentioned it several times it well it was the basis of her and kate's argument wasn't it it all kicked off there and she said i'm not the one that poisoned mm. the am um and then you know when she was with Fallon, and I was just thinking, please don't mention the kitchen. Then she, <laughs> she said, you know, she'd already said, if I had my old kitchen, you know, and then Fallon comes out with, you must miss your kitchen at home farm. I was like, you know, but she said it restored her joy of baking. But it, it just, it's all consuming, isn't it? I think like she could be on a plane that was going down because the pilot had a diabetic coma and she'd get into the cockpit and she'd be like, this cockpit is as big as my kitchen at home farm. <laughs> and she's actually offered, hasn't she, to um, rustle up some baked items in the cafe. And uh, yeah. Fallon sort of had a real short circuit at that moment, didn't she? She was like, bruh, 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 maybe, bye. <laughs> Do you, do I, well, I think that I think there's going to be a burgeoning friendship there. I don't know why. I th- but I thought I really I was I, maybe I'm, I too tend to build a lot out of some very small bits of evidence. But I really felt that that you know Fallon's Fallon's recognition of um, Jenny's skills with a Z was um, you know was was a, was was meaningful. Mm. And and Jen, Jennifer's explanation about why Kate had gone quite so crazy you know, to do with the fact that she had expected to be a godparent. And Fallon took that graciously. It's like, oh, right, okay, that explains it. I mean, it doesn't really. It didn't really, I mean, I thought it was quite strange that she said that because it didn't, she completely glossed over it and that was why I was a dick as well to you, you know, because I felt that they were both being quite hard on Fallon. Mm. I don't know, maybe that was my perception of it, but I thought they were both, you know, I mean, I think at, at, at least like, you know, um, Jennifer was being condescending. To yeah, her. yeah. Jenny, so I mean, I, you know, when you, you know, when you're working for someone and they, uh, you know, in a freelance way, so you know, it's your business, and uh, and that person is sort of talks to you. You're the hired help. You, you're they're paying for a service, and they talk to you in that way. And whilst it's not comfortable, it does create a kind of like an honesty of communication. You know where you are. They know where they are and you might not like it, but you know what you're doing. Whereas Kate's the sort of person who, no matter what the situation is, has to pretend to be your friend and to be cool with it. So from Fallon's point of view, even though Jenny's being a complete, you know, idiot, or at least at least it is, you know, we're talking because I'm paying you money. And so you have to suck up a certain amount of this mm-hmm. behavior. I'm not justifying Jenny's behavior, but I'm just saying there is a sort of, there is a sort of slightly old fashioned upstairs, downstairs attitude that sort of, that makes it not acceptable, but sort of um, explainable. Mm. Yeah, her comment about the lowering of standards, mm-hmm. I thought was a that's was, appalling. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I thought that was a bit rough. That that that's what broke Fallon initially, wasn't it? She just kind of said, "Send me an email." Yeah, yeah. And went out the door, and also put poor Susan when Susan was saying, "Oh, um, I've got a lovely christening gown made of pink satin," which sounded <laughs> aw- aw- awful. 
uh, and they're using Zander's, which is green silk instead. And then yeah, she was like, from his... yeah, I can help with the food. It's like, oh, no, no, the catering's already been sorted. You know, she's been really edged out by the uh, green silk brigade, hasn't she? That's an ongoing snobbery that I don't mm. like about the archers. Mm. And I'm hoping that Emma... Um, Emma will be one of the people who kind of like undoes that. They they do basically. If you're poor, you don't have a good taste, mm. and if you're rich, you do have good taste. Um, I'd, maybe Lillian's the exception to that rule, but but yeah, it's kind of like oh, why why can't why can't Clary and Susan have immaculate taste, but just not the means? You know, why can't um, you know Jenny be a bit more sort of higher since became in those kind of rather awful um, house dresses and stuff. You know, it's, uh, yeah. that's that's kind of that's how I would write it. Yeah. But anyway, I think Susan should have been asked to be involved in it in some way, rather than told she isn't. What was she doing? What on earth was that whole storyline with her trying to? F- was it um, Jim said to her, "Your groans of frustration <laughs> are echoing around the shop." She was like, she was fiddling with her lollipop box. I couldn't figure out what the hell she was doing. Oh yeah, that? she. That was when she was saying to Jim about um, my Neil. Since my Neil's gone, um, you know, there's nowhere, no one sort of championing his ideas or something, wasn't it? I don't know why yeah, he, he was. Yeah, his with legacy. Yeah, he needs a legacy. And then there was some weird thing about, I know, Neil Carter's best neighbour competition or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, an award. It's sounds... an award. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, yeah. What's that going to look like? Does any of this stuff, do they go and do any research? I mean, are we just incredibly sheltered? If you go out into Middle England, are the, is this stuff going on in villages? Are we just completely out of touch? From what, um, from what I see on Twitter, people who live in villages are frequently saying this doesn't happen. I mean, I my um, my father lives quite close to, a, well, he lives in Gloucestershire. and there's a, I picked up a flyer last time I was over there, which obviously has been a while now. And it was for this thing. There's a little town called Newant in Gloucestershire. And it, it was a flyer for the Newant Onion Fair. And there's a photo of this. They've obviously used a previous photo of the previous year's Onion Fair. And the streets are rammed. <laughs> and it says, the best party of the summer is the subheading <laughs> for this thing. And, you know, I'd never heard of it. Glastonbury is just down the road. Um, so I'm not sure it is the best party of the summer. Maybe but. it is. Maybe it actually is better than Glastonbury. Main stage at the Onion Fair. <laughs> it's what you know, <laughs> it's where, where reputations are built. I mean, are we gonna are we gonna give a little bit of love for Jim and his uh, Tracy deduction? I think oh, I'm, I'm not gonna stand in the way. I don't I don't carry well of you know you and your deep mm. profound affection for Jim. No, I just thought it was quite touching that, you know, we had all each person gets told and, you know, shock from Susan. Um, her uh, Trace's kids took it well, you know, because they've been completely plied with either Jazz's homebrew or the smellies that were meant for Jade. Um, I thought the, the conversation when Tracy told Susan was really funny. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, but she just, she was completely slagging him off and she went, I'm dating him. Yes. <laughs> Threw it right in the middle. Um she was, she was a bit harsh, you know, he's bone idle, you know, she threw back, he's got two jobs. Mm. Um, but yeah, when he actually told Jim and uh, he said, you know, I've won a tenner, yeah. I thought that was brilliant. The whole 
the whole delivery, the only thing missing from that was it should have been like in a firelit room of a mansion house with loads of Louis XV furniture with him with a brandy in his hand, <laughs> you know, delivering his deductions. It was her. He knew that she'd stayed over. Mm. He knew that he knew there'd been this, the dirty stay over and she'd escaped by the window. And then uh, it was her perfume was the final clue, wasn't it? Yes. He smelt it in the Riley. The silhouette of Tracy's famous bottom as she le- leapt over the wall <laughs> after that initial, you know, yeah. initial night over. Can you do an authentic Sicilian Godfather accent? <laughs> that was, was bad, so, that's okay. so complex. No, but this is the thing, Kerry. Was it bad? Because that's it's like acting drunk. We were talking about how amazingly Alice, the, sorry, the actress who plays Alice has done drunk, drunk and horny as well, which is mm. even more difficult. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Harrison, the actor who played Harrison, did a terrible Godfather impersonation. Mm. But that might be he might do an amazing one. So that could be oh. like the ultimate acting trick. Yes. Because, yeah, yeah, a normal bloke might do a terrible Godfather impersonation. Exactly, yes. yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a local copper. He's not, meant, he's not there to do impressions, I guess. Yeah, I um, did have to jab a fork into my leg to try and sort of distract myself from the absolute agony of hearing it, but that's, <laughs> yes. you know, that's a separate the, thing. The only other backstory I could think of is that the whole reason he's in Ambridge is because originally he was in some kind of line of duty deep undercover vice sting squad. And he, at one point he had to have a meeting with the head of the five families and he went in talking like Barry Chuckle instead of Sicilian, <laughs> got his entire unit butchered. And as a punishment, he was sent down to Ambridge. Is it like some sort of purgatory if you yeah. get sent to Ambridge? Is it worse yes. or better than casualty though? Don't know. I mean, casualty is a Bristol mainstay. Um, I, I, no, but casual, casualty as an actor isn't casualty the thing that you do unless you're one of these weird sort of like the Charlie the character who played Charlie oh, or whatever. Yeah. But is but isn't it isn't it basically what the, the the thing that everyone's been on as they gradually sort of try and get themselves on the you know their equity card and get themselves on the ladder. Whereas the Archers is like you look at um, you know you either either it can be your only acting gig and you do it for years for years and years and years and you have a, a proper job on the side or it can be you know like a probably a nice little earner to keep you going mm. you know like uh, you can go off you can do your theater you can take your career seriously you probably don't have to accept some roles that you would otherwise feel sort of like you know um obliged to because of your your, your bank balance it's probably a fantastic gig to get yeah i mean it was filmed it was filmed um kind of not far from where I lived in Bristol and uh, you're forever seeing the you know you go into the restaurants around Bristol and there's quite often a signed photo of Charlie hanging on the wall <laughs> something really weird happened when I was living in Dublin I, I was a tendency of mine to go into charity shops and buy really terrible looking vinyl and I bought this album called Elaine and Derek which had two young kids on the cover. And it was this kind of Helen Shapiro style, two children singing <laughs> song. But I decided after about a year of having it, it turned out the little ginger kid on the album cover was Charlie. What, so he's Derek? He's Derek. <laughs> if you put Derek and Elaine mm. into Google, right. their album cover is the first thing right, that I'm going to do up. it right now. Excellent. Oh, yes, it is. Look, there he is. Who's Elaine then? Do you think 
What's happened to her? I think she ended up playing Helen Archer, didn't she? <laughs> She's Peggy. <laughs> Peggy, yeah. Uh, there's a review. Let's see. There's just one review. It's a five-star review. It's Matthew. He's the only person who owns <laughs> this thing. That's the point. <laughs> just a strange little thing that just popped into my head. It, it's mm. it's torturous as far as I remember. How did we feel? I mean, all right, we've mm. we, we've ripped into his Godfather accent. What did we think of the whole um, the broody conversation? Mm. Someone was saying that uh, maybe that uh, they, their godparenting duties were going to be more serious than than most people expect them to be. You know, for most people, being a godparent is something. It's like you know, it's present giving and occasional bits of advice, isn't it? But someone was hinting that maybe for um, Fallon and um, Harrison, they might actually have to step in and do it. I'm a godmother and I've never done anything to do with the child. <laughs> no, you, you got told off for that. The I other did. Day, I you? got told off on Twitter when I revealed that. This was a few years ago. Um, is this because you tried a godmother accent and they never <laughs> wanted to see you again? Well, no. The thing is, I'm godmother to my niece. So I have the niece-auntie relationship anyway. So mm. what more am I meant to be doing here? Well, that was one of that was one of the reasons... That was one of the reasons why they blew the whole Emma thing out of the water, wasn't she? Well, she'll, she'll be busy being the aunt. Mm. She doesn't have to be godmother as well. Yeah, I mean, it was nice for my brother to ask me, but I don't actually understand what I'm supposed to be doing. Am I meant to then be some sort of guardian? I'm not sure it's... I, th- I think that, that I think you need I think you need paperwork signed. I mean, I, I, I do not... I'm not going to pretend to know, mm. but I don't... I mean, you'd, you'd think it would be more common knowledge, wouldn't you? So we've... we've uh... It wasn't a blowjob. Kate's yep. mental. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I almost certainly wrong about um, Jennifer's burgeoning friend, friendship with um, Fallon. And uh, Jim is still the nicest man in the known universe. And Case, um, Tracy has a normal ringtone. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I'm so pathetic. I'm so sorry. Oh, I um, but I know, once I'm in that mood, I can't, I just, it just, you know, I can't help. But is mm-hmm. there, is there any, is there, I think, I think we've done a fairly thorough, oh, and we've also covered um, obscure albums cut by uh, multi decade um, <laughs> stars from the show Casualty. So <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think we've done a fairly, fairly thorough job, have we not? I reckon so. Yeah. I think, yeah. I, I think it sounds like we'd all had an all-nighter at the beginning of the week and not just carry. <laughs> I, I'm i terrified. I mean, I, uh, uh, you know, I jokingly said I was in awe. I mean, let's, you know, I am no... Matthew and I have sort of um, shared a few war stories over the last couple of weeks, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I know that neither of us are, uh, uh, you know... Um, innocent when it comes to these sort of mm-hmm. things Matthew but I the idea of doing as you said earlier on of doing it now I am in absolute awe of Kerry and I'm terrified it's part of the reason I'm terrified of what will happen when I do get unleashed on the world again mm. don't worry Peter I'm older than you as well and, and I can still I know, just as part of mind it. you yeah I don't really get hangovers and things I'm a bit nails in that regard yeah because because I, I I used to be I mean obviously you're I think nine years older than me I used to be that person who said I don't get hangovers and then I very much do now mm-hmm. I think Matthew's in the same boat aren't you Matthew yeah I, uh, mine now are um you know quite terrifying if they're bad but um oh that's very rare but when they if if I was to have a night out like Kerry did I would probably feel rough as guts yeah I stayed up at all night and then I went to bed at one in the afternoon for two hours and then I got up I had two fried eggs on toast and loads of orange juice and then a bit later I made a big roast dinner for the household 
when when someone says directors Kerry, you would think that there's like it's like binary because that sort of level of directness but it was interesting when when matthew and i were kind of reaching out with a couple of light sort of podcasting questions on that day it was just like the wall came down it's like no i am now going for a bacon sandwich or whatever it was <laughs> then i will go to bed and i'll be logging back on later and it was uh yeah <laughs> i did say yeah. i'm sorry i'm being a bit rubbish but no it was I'm yeah. like, there was no no accusation but it was just like it's like there was like, oh there's another there's another level of warbus yeah. directness yeah. Yeah, this was, is what I'm there, doing. There's no yeah, alternative. There was, yeah, there was there was um, a message from Peter as early as kind of late afternoon Tuesday where he said, Matthew, do you think it's just me and you doing the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I had I had a sneaky I had a sneaky suspicion that um yeah that that, that nothing nothing could take Kerry down. That yeah. you know, even Kerry can't take Kerry down. That was my suspicion. Yeah. Correct. Vitally impressed. Oh, wow. So Kerry's um, Kerry's all nighters. Um, mm. Obviously, um, you know, uh, uh, a lot of that goes to the tax man. Um, you know, via but you know, um, the booze booze isn't for free. Um, we we have some small costs as well when it comes to doing the podcast. Very minimal, nothing too um, too difficult to deal with. But it does bring up the tricky question of ads. Do we have ads? Do we not have ads? So I think I am going to click the add button next week, but I would like to hear from people about what they think is appropriate. Because I think when I listen to a podcast, and I do listen to lots of podcasts, the odd advert, I think, fair enough. That's sort of, you know, that's part of the unspoken pact you make as a listener. You're getting something for free, and in return, you have to you have to hit the 30-second button twice or whatever it is, you know, or just listen to the ad. So I think I am going to click that, but if people could give me a steer on that and all of us are steer but ultimately it'll be me clicking the buttons and then also what do people think about patreon is that something that people think is just a nice thing to do and it's like tipping when you go to a bar or or a restaurant or is it again does it need does there need to be an extra um more um you know anyway so if people give some feedback about that be great and then we said a big thank you at the beginning for um all of the lovely messages we've had um, I don't think we we were having a chat the last week. We are going to try and make it a bit more sort of back and forth and sort of try and bring in some of the comments from the people who've written in where when it's appropriate. But I don't think we're going to end up sort of doing a whole kind of letters section. Mm. But that said, that said, please, if there's anything, anything that chimes with you, anything, no matter how trivial that you want to get in touch about, if it's stupid enough, it'll make it in. I think that's the uh, that's the criteria. Is that fair, guys? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because we we read everything that is sent and we do take it on board, don't we? Whatever is, is written in, um, well, the tweets and, and the emails and so on. Uh, yeah. So please do keep those coming. But yeah, as Peter said, I don't think necessarily we're going to sort of be reading each one of them out or anything like that. <clears throat> no, I think we're operating under the assumption that it's going to go well and therefore that we want to have a, we want to be consistent. So, um, and what I've been doing is um, all of the emails that come in, I have been writing notes down for everything that's sent in so that if something relevant comes up in the show, there will be an opportunity to sort of call it out. Mm. Um, yeah, or, I mean, there's certainly yeah. been some emails about um, plot predictions, these kind of things. I think all of those will have their time and their place on the show and we'll, we'll, we'll reference the mm -hmm. people when yeah. we do that. But this this week, let's face it, was one giant curveball. Who could have seen any of this stuff coming? Yeah, what's, it was absolutely mental. Where is it going to go next? I I think Harrison will handle it very very well, and yeah, hopefully it will steer Alice towards revealing things to the 
family. He's in a he's in a really difficult position because I think up till now it's reasonable that he's been loyal to Alice and to Chris. Mm. But how he has to tell Fallon what's happened. It's not something you can keep from your wife, I don't think. I don't know about that, really. I mean, nothing really happened, did it? Did, you know, she tried to kiss him and didn't. But she's unreliable. If he tells her now, then he then he's trusting his wife to be understanding as as understanding as he is and they can make a decision together. Once he once he doesn't tell her, he's now on team Alice and he's, you know, she's already shown how disturbed she can be. So he's now he's now sort of like locked into that. Mm, but, I mean, yeah. it's it's the fear that she might throw it up again at some point. You know, I mean, mm. it's quite human nature to save something for an argument, isn't it? To have something in your arsenal. And who's to say when she's yeah, feeling do. unreasonable and weak mm. that she might throw that in Chris's face, you know? Mm. And, he, and he doesn't know about the Ed thing, but she didn't tell the truth about the Ed thing until, you know, yeah. until it, it was absolutely forced out of her. Do you, but, uh, you, know, do you he not think know he, he will, do you think Harrison will feel duty bound to tell the family though? Or not, you know, not no, not just I Chris. I mean, wider. No, I don't. I don't think so because his previous behaviour has been to be loyal to Chris where it's appropriate. So I think he's driven by what's appropriate. But maybe via Chris, like say, look, this has happened. We need to do something bigger now. This this is dangerous because she was in a vehicle. She could have driven drunk if she hadn't rung me. We've got to take it up a level. I think yeah, I think he's he's gonna it'll have to go through Chris, but um, mm. yeah. Anyway, I mean, she she didn't sound hammered enough that she wouldn't remember going in for the kill, would she? With Harrison, I think it's gonna mm. uh, she's gonna remember that. Um, yeah, possibly. Yeah, well, we will whatever see. It is, whatever it is, please, can we have a week off? I'm I'm feeling very beaten up. Yeah, bring back More. Shula. Oh my god! <laughs> Not again, Stop Matthew. It. What? Is this, you mentioned I mean, there last week. You don't this can have be. To. This can be your. You know. This can be our traditional sign-off. But you're always going to be told to fuck off, and I'm always going to spend an extra twenty seconds of editing time bleeping it. Mm. So, is that what you want? Because that's what's happening. Yeah. Silence. <laughs> oh, okay then. Right. Well, uh, that's that's how we end shows. Mm. Matthew kills kills us with a shula, and we just drift off. But... <laughs> Bye. 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 Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.